0: On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM
1: 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week to debate their way to the top, our first debater can be heard every weekday with the latest sports news on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115. Matt Napolitano. Hey, Matt. How you doing, Dennis? You know, pretty good. Yeah, just doing a show. I I, I know, I'm here. Welcome. Our next debater brings the heat every day on the Dana Cortez Show, heard on stations all across the country, including Energy 94.1 here in San Antonio, Dana Cortez. Hey, Dana.
2: Hello, Mr. Foley.
1: How's it going? Uh, You know, going pretty good. We're just doing a show. (laughs) That's all we got going on right now. And our third debater this week can be heard on American Ground Radio every evening on Kiel News News uh, News Talk uh, news Radio 710 Kiel and in Shreveport. Uh, Stephen Parr. Hey, Stephen. Hi. I understand that you're doing well and you're about to do a show, so
3: I won't ask.
1: Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Well, they are all going to be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Marissa from Long Island, New York. Hey, Marissa.
4: Hi.
1: How's it going? Oh, we're <laughs> just doing a show. <laughs> uh, Are so, you? Yeah, oh, well, I think so. I hope so. Well, uh, her job is going to be to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions I present throughout the show. And along with asking the questions, I am the show's referee. So if I hear something that I don't like, may be worth a penalty, whatever, you'll hear this whistle and yeah so that's how that goes so before we get started let's give our contestants a chance to ask the judge a question to get to know her a little bit better let's start with matt got a question right, for so our I judge
5: i to ask as a fellow long islander are you representing nassau or suffolk county
4: suffolk county
5: all right all right so i'm on the opposition side but please don't hold that against
1: me and of course everyone else is gonna oh. no one's gonna have any idea what you're talking about so uh dana <laughs> do you have a question for marissa
2: as a fellow woman, are you representing women or men?
4: Oh, I guess I guess women. I mean, I feel like it's a <laughs> trick question. I'm going to say women. And I love you, my sister. Go
2: ahead, whoever's next. Steven,
3: you got a question for Marissa? I I do. It's it's full of strategery. Uh, if you could be, if you were stranded on a desert island and you only had one television show that you could watch for eternity, what would that show be?
4: Oh, The Real Housewives
1: okay good to know thank you all right let's get <laughs> the game going
0: opening arguments on master debaters
1: so each question will get what each combatant will get one question that's how the show works that combatant answers the question and our judge marissa will give them a score between zero and 10 points they will have 30 seconds for their argument and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up we're going to start with matt so uh, baseball sign stealing scandal is back in the spotlight. Former
2: Houston Astros general manager Jeff Lunau has filed a breach of contract lawsuit against the team seeking more than $22 million in salary owed under his agreement. Lunau was fired in January for a sign stealing scandal after an investigation by Major League Baseball. The suit filed in Harris County District Court in Houston claims Lunau did not know a camera was being used to steal signs during the team's path to the 2017 World Series title. Lisa Mateo. CBS News.
1: So, uh, Matt, does uh, he have a case? 30 seconds. I think he absolutely does have a case. The fact of the matter
5: is Major League Baseball, a swing and a miss entirely on handing out punishments in regards to this. Yes, you gave the year-long suspension to Jeff Bluno as well as to A.J. Hinch, but guess who just got rehired elsewhere? A.J. Hinch, he's going to be the new manager of the Detroit Tigers. Alex Cora also implicated in that sign stealing scandal as bench coach for Houston. He's coming back to manage the Boston Red Sox after a year away. It's outright ridiculous. Jeff Luna was definitely the fall guy in the situation. There's plenty of other employees within the Astros organization who deserve to get the chop and did not. He is right to sue and get that money that he deserved.
1: So, uh, Marissa, points zero to 10 for that.
4: Well, I'm going to go with um, a 10 because I really don't know what they were talking about, to be honest. So I, it just sounded good to me. So he's going to get a 10.
1: Okay. Oh, I'll take it. Well, uh, Dana, you've probably said (laughs) at least once over the past few days, the Collins Dictionary has named lockdown as its word of the year for 2020. Lockdown.
2: Lockdown. Lockdown. It's the word on everybody's lips across the globe. The Collins Dictionary registered over a quarter of a million usages of the word lockdown during this year, up from a mere 4,000 last year. The dictionary said it out of the term because it encapsulates the shared experience of billions of people. Other words in their top 10 include social distancing, key worker and furlough. Elaine Cobb, CBS News.
1: Now in some of those cases those are actually two words but forget about that. Dana is lockdown the word of the year or is there a better word of the year? 30 seconds.
2: I think lockdown is definitely one of the biggest words of the year, but I would have to challenge that with the word wap as well because wap could be many things. If you're a Cardi B fan, you know that I can't say that on this podcast because Mr. Foley runs a tight ship. But it could also mean women are powerful. It could mean many things. WAP, I think, supersedes the word lockdown because lockdown can be negative and we can take WAP and make it a positive. We're sick of lockdown. We don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done with it. So social distance, wear your mask and wash your hands. But don't worry about lockdown.
1: And yes, I do run a tight ship. Marissa, how many points you want to give out for that?
2: I'm going to go
4: with, um, can I do like a point? five or it has to be a full number
1: uh, full numbers are make it easier for my you know caveman okay. math
4: okay so I'm, I'm gonna do then i'll do um i'll do an eight i'll round it up a little bit um i think that you know I, I agree with that i mean a little you know to an extent i mean lockdown is a lockdown you know but i'm i'm kind of sick of
1: hearing the word too All right, next question, who is more at risk for loneliness?
2: If you're feeling alone, it might have something to do with your age. California researchers found levels of loneliness are highest in a person's 20s due to stress over finding a partner and excelling in one's career. There was also a spike for people in their 40s as they began to experience health issues. People in their 60s reported the least amount of loneliness.
1: That's correspondent Laura Podesta. Steven, are you buying that 30 seconds?
3: I'm not sure I buy the spike in the in the mid 40s. I, I and I think the the loneliness aspect that's registering in the 20s. That's probably more about an anxiety type of a thing. I mean, you still have friends from high school. You're, you're starting to lose some of those in your mid 20s, but you're gaining new friends from college, new friends from work. It's probably more of an anxiety issue as you're getting into your 20s. You start thinking, what am I doing with my life? It, 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 that starts to creep in. And so maybe that's what's registering rather than loneliness. But I do agree that as you get
1: older, life gets better. Marissa, how many points do you want to give out for that?
4: Nine. I completely agree with
1: that. All right. But I
4: can't give a 10 because I feel like I already gave a, 20, a 10. Uh. <laughs> well, I coming. not know what i
1: allowed to do. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we'll debate much more next on Master Debaters from KTSA.
0: This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins.
1: Yes, and the debate is just beginning. We have Matt Napolitano, Dino Cortez, and Stephen Parr this week competing to convince our judge Marissa that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com/slash/master debaters and enter to be our next, next points dealer. Let's keep this debate going.
0: For argument's sake, on Master Debaters.
1: So I'm going to give all three contestants the same question, and they will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give them each points between zero and ten for their responses. The first topic: an old hit has made a fast comeback. Yeah.
2: Cyrus 2009 tune is back on iTunes top 200 list in the U.S. thanks to Joe Biden's victory. Party in the U.S.A. has also jumped to number 98 on Spotify streaming chart. It served as the soundtrack for Democrats partying from Brooklyn to Beverly Hills since Saturday. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. So
1: we're going to start with Matt. What decade-old song would you like to have back on the charts again? Thirty seconds.
5: Oh, man, that's a tough one. I thought you were going to say, how do I feel about partying in the USA as an anthem? Oh, God, now i got to think about this. Uh, If I'm going back, I remember hosting a Top 40 show on college radio back in the day at Hofstra University, and I used to love playing Good Girls Go Bad. Cobra Starship, Leighton Meester. I really want to just go scraping in the barrel here. Um, so I'll go with that as my throwback. I was also at the height of the Lady Gaga-like awakening of when she like started to surface. So I guess I got to throw like Poker Face up in there or something. But I think it's awesome that Party in the USA is back on the charts. I actually love that song. I sang that drunkenly several
1: times. Uh, Dana, uh, 30 seconds.
2: So I got to one-up you on some facts here. So Party in the USA is back on the charts. But even higher on the charts is F Donald Trump by YG. And personally, I think the YG rap song is a lot better. You saw it played on the side of the road at many a Trump rally. You've heard it played on hip hop stations all over the country. And if there's one thing I know, about 79 million people agree that YG F Donald Trump is the far superior track and the charts don't lie. So let's get that back in hard rotation. Even country music should have a remix.
1: And... (laughs) Stephen, thirty seconds.
3: I gotta say, anything by the Killers. I mean, that band that that was a great name for the band. They were killer. Every song they put out, time after time, it it was just hitting the top of the charts. I know they've got a new one back out, back in the 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 charts now. So it's great to have them back. But I also love listening to their old stuff that uh, that somehow snuck away about a decade ago. And I finished early. That's efficiency. <laughs> <laughs>
5: something about
1: the killers though absolutely all right marissa what points want to give out to all of our debaters
4: all right so i'm going to give matt a six um i'm going to give dana a two and steven is going to get a
1: four all right next topic This uh, a woman went this far to get some free food from her favorite fast food joint. Police
5: in Georgia say Kimberly Ragsdale posed as an FBI agent just so she could get a free meal from Chick-fil-A. It happened last week at a restaurant outside Atlanta. An employee called 911 saying a woman in a white van was identifying themselves as a federal agent to try and get free food. The 47 year old was approached by police and even told them she was an agent but did not have credentials on her. After being handcuffed, police say Ragsdale even began talking into her shirt as if it was a radio asking for backup. Matt Piper, CBS News.
1: So, uh, Dana, what's your limit on how far you would go to get some free food from your favorite fast food place? 30 seconds
2: pull in and just ask the person and beg them, tell them that my children were hungry. I'd had a long day at work and I needed something. Maybe I forgot my purse. I'll come back home and get it. And I would probably end up doing that because that's the kind of person I am. I'm not leaving somebody working minimum wage with the bill. I grab the food, come feed my kids, go back and pay them, and then maybe give them a big tip on top of that and pay for the person behind me as well. Because I love fast food, and if they're in a long line, like we're probably in, they probably deserve it as well.
1: Steven, 30 seconds, how far would you go for your favorite fast food?
3: I would definitely stop long before we get to felony level, impersonating an officer for free food. I guess she's going to get some free food in jail now. Uh, But look, if you really need it, ask. A lot of folks are very charitable. If you really need some free food in this moment, moment, go ahead and explain your situation. Ask if you can work it off. Ask if you can do some, some help around. People are very generous. They will help out.
1: And Matt, 30 seconds.
5: Well, I'll give a funny story to this. This is about, I want to say like eight or nine years ago. I was at a Chipotle and I got free chips and guac because the cashier thought I was one of the boyfriends from the show Team Mom 2 on MTV. I did not correct her. I took my chips and my guac and looked up who this person was and then was a little offended. That being said, it's also a Chick Fil A that this person was in, so I figured that Stephen's onto something. There's hospitality at Chick Fil A; they would have given her a whole meal as an act of kindness. Those people are always smiling and so happy every time you go in there, wanting to refill your drinks. I think it's worth asking.
1: All right, Marissa, what points you want to give out?
4: All right, so Dana's going to be a seven. Stephen's going to be an eight, and then Matt, I'm going to give a nine because I really like that story.
1: All right, <laughs> next topic: looking like the buying spike and shortages from last spring at the first COVID uh, surge, has some grocery store chains bring back limits on purchasing certain items like Toilet paper. As COVID
3: spikes and some states reimpose restrictions, Kroger tells USA Today they have proactively and temporarily set purchase limits to two per customer on items, including toilet paper, paper towels, disinfecting wipes, and hand soap. The limits apply to both in store and online orders. HEB, Giant, Wegmans telling the news outlet they are also imposing similar buying limits. That's
1: ABC's Chuck Sievertson. So, uh, Stephen, uh, have you thought of stocking up on anything? 30 seconds.
3: I haven't thought of stocking up on anything, mostly because I I just simply refuse to panic. I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to buy the toilet paper that I need at the time that I need it and not stock up on stuff that I don't need. We are all in this together. We keep hearing that all the time. If we're all in this together, I can't be the one with all the toilet paper. We've got to just take what we need and not take what everybody else needs. That's how we solve this type of problem.
1: matt 30 seconds
5: i mean having witnessed it firsthand in new york city where the nucleus of this pandemic really started people were quick to hoard on items in fact you I mean you can go to the street corner over here close to where i'm living and somebody's selling you a bottle of lysol for about 20 bucks just to try and you know get some kind of profit off this whole situation the reality is we do need to be looking out for one another i am guilty of going into the aisles and maybe looking for one product that i already have something of it's just instinctual but the fact of the matter is we need to be more concerned about everybody else right now to get through this time
1: dana 30 seconds
2: so i actually always buy more than necessary because i'm busy and i've got a lot of work to do you know so what i did instead of hoarding it when other people were running out at the radio station, we asked our listeners to come in and I was giving toilet paper out because I agree with everybody on this panel. You can't hoard. If you have extra, you give out. I have not thought about buying more um, since I've had enough. I think it's all about sharing and caring for one another. And I don't understand the toilet paper and paper towel shortage in the first place. You know, there's wipes too, people.
1: All right, Marissa, what points you want to give out?
4: um steven i'm gonna give an eight matt's gonna get a six and dana is a nine because i i really agree with that because i really hated not being able to find toilet paper that really was not fun it was horrible for
2: no reason
1: (laughs) (laughs) next topic how women and men use dating apps depends on their mood
2: researchers at ryerson university in toronto found ladies tend to engage more on apps like tinder and match when they're feeling depressed or have social anxiety they look for connection by dating online for guys it's the opposite they don't swipe right when feeling down and they're less inclined to make the first move with matches jennifer brown cbs news
1: so uh matt do you think this research from the land to the north is accurate 30 seconds
5: I think so. I think that the reality is, unfortunately, we put ourselves in circumstances where you feel lesser than and that's what makes you think like I need just some kind of uh, return of that emotion, making somebody make me feel good for whatever, albeit amount of time it is on those apps. I think people end up putting themselves in bad positions that way because they're not thinking it through in that mindset. You know, there's a lot of anxiety going into those apps. There's a lot of anxiety in the dating world right now. The reality is you got to love yourself before anybody else can love you. And until you do that, I suggest staying off the app altogether.
1: Dana, what say you? 30 seconds.
2: This is totally opposite. One of my good girlfriends just got out of a serious relationship, and instead of staying home and being depressed, Uh, You know, we all encouraged her to get online and have some fun. Going out doesn't mean dating, okay? It could mean that you could meet a really good friend. Meeting up for coffee, social distancing, okay, and you're wearing your mask and you're maintaining the six feet. Could mean a new, fun person in your life. It doesn't mean desperation when a a woman gets online. It means that she does feel confident enough in herself to swipe right and maybe find her forever best friend.
1: All right, Stephen, 30 seconds. I think this
3: makes perfect sense Uh, from a guy's perspective. If you're going to try and go and hit on someone that you've never known before, you're going to, you know, try and swipe right. You need some confidence, some self-confidence to be doing that. When guys are feeling down about themselves or self-confidence is down, this, uh, this makes sense. I I also think that initially women are looking for more of a connection than a lot of guys are. And so this makes sense to me too. If, If you're not feeling well about where you are, you seek out connections. That's a good thing. It's a positive way of dealing with not feeling down. You're looking for, for people that are
1: fun to be around all right marissa what points are you giving out
4: i'm giving matt and dana both are getting nines and then steven's gonna get a seven
1: all right next topic britney spears loses in the latest round to remove her father from control of her estate Britney Spears' father, Jamie, will remain as co-conservator of her estate, that ruling from a judge who decided not to suspend Jamie's control, which he's had since Britney's 2008 mental health issues. Britney's lawyer said in court that the 38-year-old singer is afraid of her father, the two don't talk anymore, and that she won't perform as long as her dad is in charge of her career. The ongoing legal battle has sparked the hashtag Free Britney movement among fans who feel that the pop star is trapped by her conservatorship. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. Hollywood. So if Britney Spears were free, so to speak, would you and and she were to put out some new stuff? Would you listen to that? Dana, 30 seconds.
2: I am not going to lie. I am a Britney Spears fan. I am not a knowledgeable person when it comes to her music. When it comes to her as a human being, though, I think that she's hurting. You know, we've seen her go through this. I think the entire country remembers when she shaved her head. I think her dad loves her and he wants the best for her, and he's done the best he can. And too often we see these celebrities with not enough people around them who truly love them to say no, and love them enough to say no, and that's what her dad is doing, that's what he's saying. So maybe I would buy the album if he continues the conservatorship.
1: All right, Stephen, 30 seconds.
3: Absolutely, I'd give the, the new music from Britney Spears a, a, a listen. There's a lot of beautiful music, a lot of powerful music that's come from places of pain. And, and I think it is clear that Britney Spears has been in a place of pain. I also think it, it's got to be incredibly difficult for her to go through life with us knowing as much about her mental health as we do. So I would imagine that that can make some really amazing music if it's given the opportunity.
1: and matt 30 seconds you
5: know i think the sad reality is a lot of people try to make a meme and a hashtag of the situation with free britney and there's the same people that go on social media and make fun of her if she posts a video and she appears to be a little unstable or out of it in the moment the fact of the matter is this girl has been through hell and back and it's all happened in front of the public eye the shaved head with the umbrella smashing into the car. Everybody remembers that. And the downfall of Brittany, the VMA's performance where she was stumbling through. You know, it's all those negatives that we all know about. And I think that, that also harps on all of this. I really hope she gets the help that she needs. And I do think she should stay under the conservatorship.
1: Marissa points.
4: Yes. Um, Dana gets an eight. Steven's going to be a nine. And Matt's getting a six.
1: All right. Next topic. A new economic research report is proposing a work-from-home privilege tax for those who choose not to go back to the office when government restrictions are lifted. A new
2: report by Deutsche Bank proposes that people who choose to work from home pay a 5% tax to help subsidize lower earners who don't have that option. The report, focusing on economic rebuilding after the pandemic, suggests, among other measures to save democratic capitalism, that remote workers save up on transportation, food, and wardrobe costs and wouldn't be any worse off if they paid a small tax. It also suggests if the employer doesn't provide a permanent desk, then they should carry that burden. Lila Luciano, CBS News.
1: So uh, work from home privilege tax in the context of the story being that your employer would just pay you less to work from home. Do you think that's fair? Stephen, 30 seconds.
3: Absolutely not. It's it's not fair that you would get paid less for the same amount of work simply because you're saving the employer money on their rent by your working from home. The other thing is that sometimes this isn't a privilege. There are a lot of single moms that are having to work from home right now because their kids can't go to school. Their kids are having to do distance learning. They're having to work from home so that they can still be good mothers. And we're going to tax them. We're going to punish them for that. Absolutely not. This is not fair. This is not right. It should be based on the output, not the input.
1: Matt, 30 seconds.
5: Yeah, I think it's sad that anybody would even think that this is a good idea in any way. The fact of the matter is everything still costs the same. Yes, you may not have to commute anymore. So it's saving you on your gas or it's saving you on your train commute, whatever the heck it may be. The fact of the matter is people are still relying on that cash more than ever right now, because you know what? There's a lot of people who have family members that are still out of work, so maybe they're not getting another source of income that's coming in. We don't have a stimulus bill going on right now through Congress, which is getting delayed time and time again. So there's a need for that extra income wherever any way it comes, even if it's just the income you're already making. Every
1: cent counts. Dana, 30 seconds.
2: So I, I think that this is such a complicated question with a difficult answer. It can be fair If the employer themselves are experiencing strain when it comes to business, we've seen it in radio. We see it in every industry across the country. I understand that we want the same pay, but sometimes you have to pull together as well so that everybody keeps their job. These are very difficult times, and that does sometimes call for difficult answers. Like I said, I am for the employee and for the employee. Pulling together can work.
1: Marissa points.
4: Steven's getting a nine. Um, Matt is an eight.
1: And then Dana um, is going to be a six. All right. Well, coming up, our debaters have been scheming all week on ways to get more points from the judge with a really good argument. See what they come up with next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071 I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week is Matt Apolitano from Fox News Radio, Dino Cortez from The Dana Cortez Show, and Stephen Parr from American Ground Radio, who are all working to coerce our judge Marissa to give them more points than their fellow competitors. So let's keep this debate going.
0: State your case on Master Debaters.
1: So before the show, our three verbal fighters came in with a topic they wanted to debate. They will get 90 seconds to do so. While that argument is being presented, the other combatants may choose to opt into the debate noted by this pesky bell. Yeah. Once those 90 seconds are up, the combatants who opted in will get 45 seconds to present their arguments. Uh, The original presenter will get their own 45 seconds at the end to respond to the challenges. If contestants change their topic from what they had sent in, I will assess an automatic five-point penalty. There are also now more points at play. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or she could take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge or choose to stay quiet. So uh, right now we actually have a tie for the points lead. Uh, so we're gonna have the person that's trailing right now go first. And that person is Dana. So near 90 seconds starts now.
2: Hey, so recently in Portland, we all know that drugs were decriminalized. So now when you hit the McDonald's in downtown PDX and you ask for the Travis Scott meal and a Coke, well, you just might get exactly that now when i was researching for this debate i found that half of all american adults admit to illegal drug use which means the other half lied and i'm willing to bet more than half this panel has partaken even your mom probably rolled up back in her day in college who knows she might be playing you know some puff puff pass right now while we're on this debate i don't know and i'm not going to judge her and none of us really thinks that mom should be incarcerated. Plus with opioids being overprescribed, that's a reality, which is leading to heroin addiction. This could actually assist people in coming out of the shadows and help them ask for the help they need. So instead of putting our parents in the slammer, let's allow anyone who wants to beat their addiction come forward. Oh, I forgot, and get the help they deserve. And we can also make some money off of responsible people who wanna you know, partake in their adult party favors. And maybe we can pay off some of this debt we've never been in more debt. Again, responsible people, party favors, help those who really need help come out of the shadows and deal with addiction. This is a medical problem. problem. Let's not treat them like criminals. And that's my argument right there. Just to let you know, I thought I had 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: a 45-second challenge from Matt.
5: While I do think it is a good step forward in terms of decriminalization, I do believe that you should be decriminalizing marijuana nationwide. I just think that when it comes to harder drugs, we do need to still hold a harsh microscope to that. That being said, I agree that with the situation that's going on in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's either you pay a $100 fine or are placed into a sort of court-ordered rehab-type situation where you're able to get the help that you need. I do approve of that, but at the same time, we also need to take a harsh spotlight to the people that are still distributing these drugs within our communities, things like heroin, things like cocaine, things that are much harsher drugs that are really quite dangerous and put a lot of people at risk. When it comes to marijuana, I feel like at this point, most people are just like, water under the bridge, let's move on with our lives, make it legal everywhere. I mean, what, did Colorado turn like a $2 billion surplus as a result of legalizing it? So that's fine on my end.
2: Do I respond?
1: Steven, 45-second challenge there were several different states that legalized marijuana this
3: year and and that's fine that's that's not as big of a problem as what oregon oregon did legalizing those hard drugs makes life worse for drug users and non-drug users who live by we've already seen the effects in los angeles san francisco portland and seattle they're all seeing massive increases in homelessness every single one of those cities has a large homelessness problem but they also have free needle distribution those two things aren't just correlation it's cause and effect appeasing drug users hasn't worked should be doing is what they're doing in Providence, Rhode Island. It's still illegal for those hard drugs and when you're arrested they put you into prison
1: they give you an opportunity to go through a medically assisted treatment that's what we should be doing that makes lives better. All right Dana 45 seconds to respond to your challengers.
2: Okay an analysis of marijuana use at arrests in five states and decriminalized marijuana saw no uptick at all and Portugal tried something in 2001 that was considered very radical they decriminalized all their drugs. Drug use is significantly down. Um, And by the way, just to let you know, the cartel situation, it's not going away. We have the most insatiable appetite for illegal drugs. And until we fix that, Narcos is cool for Netflix, but it's not good for the streets. And the only way to do that is to legalize it and control it. And not only is drug use down in Portugal, so is HIV, which we know is, um, you know, a lot of people get it through intravenous drug use. So I say we do something radical instead of the same old thing. The war on drugs is lost. It's over. Let's legalize.
1: All right, Marissa, it's time to deal out the points. What points you want to give out everyone from negative 20 to positive 20?
4: Um, so I am going to give Dana a, I think I'm going to give her a 10 then. And then I'm going to give Matt Uh, I'm going to say 13 and then Steven, I'm going to give a 16.
1: All right, Matt, your 90 second starts now.
5: Okay. So anybody who knows me knows that I'm a little bit of a Christmas Grinch. I don't like the way the holiday season gets rushed in. I think that people just are wanting to throw it right at you way too fast. You don't even get a second to really enjoy everything. That being said, I'm changing my mind this year. After everything that everybody has gone through nationwide, be it through the pandemic, be it through the racial strife, be it through everything that has torn us apart as a country, nothing unites us more than the holiday season. Nothing gets us more together to really want to share that camaraderie and that love for the holiday season. You know what? The time is now to throw up that Christmas tree, throw up your lights, throw up your wreath, do whatever you want to do for the holidays this year. To make it a little bit brighter in your household or just a little bit brighter outside to give somebody else a smile because that is what's going to get us through another difficult time that's going on here as we see a rising second wave happening across this country. Honestly, do whatever you want to do. If you want to carve your turkey and hide Easter eggs, Go for it. If you want to go trick or treating on New Year's Eve, be my guest. If you want to hand out candy hearts on St. Patrick's Day and puke up those candy hearts, I respect it. The time is now for people to just really enjoy themselves in any way possible. It has been a long 2020, so all bets are off on time. Time is not a construct anymore. I don't know what day of the week it is, I don't know what month it is. I'm very close to not knowing what year it is as a result of this pandemic and everybody staying inside. So if this is just going to bring you a little ray of light in your life, Just put up your tree and start getting ready for shopping for presents. I know family members of mine already have, and go for it.
1: Dana, 45-second challenge.
2: Okay, you know what year it is. It's 2020. It feels like an entire decade. And my husband, DJ Automatic, is with you. He's like, you know what, Dana, let's put the lights up. But you know what? There's a pandemic, and he can't travel, which means half our income is gone. And that means no lights because the bill will go up. And I don't want to make my neighbors feel bad. Do you want to light shame people? Really? We're trying to save money. What happened to coming together like the toilet paper argument at the beginning of this conversation? Looks like you're all, you know, about yourselves. This is about money and bills. Christmas is not a material thing. Jesus is the reason for the season. Have you not heard that? So why do you have to show off your material possessions when half the country is suffering? Maybe even more than half. Keep the lights down till December, at least, please.
1: All right, uh, Stephen,
3: 45-second challenge. I'm actually challenging you in to support what Matt was saying this year. One of the things that we've seen is an increase of deaths of despair. That's an increase in opioid use. That's an increase in suicides. It's because the lockdowns, which was the word of the year, apparently, has m- ha- affected our ability to pursue our happiness here as Americans. So I'm going to agree with Matt. If you want to pursue your happiness by putting up Christmas lights this year of all years, go out and do it. This is the time that as as we all need to come together as family, that's a great way to do it. Let's start celebrating early. If that makes you feel better, if that helps you get through yet another day in the middle of this pandemic, then I'm all in favor of
1: it. You take care of your mental health first. All right, Matt, 45 seconds to respond to your challengers.
5: I will say I do understand the aspect of the economic difficulties of the situation. I do think that there's also that mental health nature and that assurance that people need. Truthfully, I think back to when I was a little kid, my uncle had passed away about 12 days before Christmas. And I remember driving home that night after the funeral and just seeing all the Christmas lights from down the street. It actually started snowing a little bit, like a flurry over here in New York City. And, you know, it just was like that assurance that, you know, we could still enjoy the season It's the way my uncle would have wanted it for us. And we all just felt like this really great sense of warmth and this great sense of emotion that we really had just needed in that moment. And I hope that the holiday season, seeing those lights or seeing the tree, can provide that for
1: people and make them just really give them
5: something to look forward to and something to enjoy for once in this awful, awful year.
1: All right, Marissa, what points do you want to get out? And
2: now I'm like, God, this is sad. (laughs)
4: Fighting fire with fire. So I really liked Dana's response. So Dana's getting a 20. Um, Matt is getting a 10. And then Stephen's going to get a 7.
1: All right, Stephen, your 90-second argument starts now. Healthcare is not a
3: fundamental right. In the words of the Declaration of Independence, the creator didn't give us a right to health care. We were given a right to pursue our own health. You can read in the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence that we weren't given a right to happiness. We were given a right to pursue happiness. Our pursuit of health works the same way. Here's how you know if something's a fundamental right that was granted by the creator. First, it was given to you by the creator and then no person has to do anything for you to have it. You already have it. People can't give you fundamental rights. They can only try and take those rights away. Healthcare requires other people to do things for you. It requires doctors and nurses and hospital administrative staff. Second, if you have a fundamental right that was granted by the creator, then you have that right from the moment you were created. Think about babies who have just been born. Are they happy? No. They're crying, they're screaming, they're telling everyone around that they're most certainly not happy, but that crying is actually a natural instinct they have to pursue their happiness. Those cries are also part of a baby's right to pursue health. Those first cries bring the gulps of oxygen into a baby's lungs. Here's why thinking about the shift is so important. Right now we're asking our governments to do things they they really can't do. They give us a right to health care. That's why every year costs go up and life expectancy is actually going down in America for the first time. And that started even before COVID. Just like governments can't give us happiness, they can't give us health. We have to pursue that. but what governments can do is to make our pursuit of health easier. But by making a better healthcare system in America, it all starts with understanding what our rights
1: are and what our rights aren't. All right, Dana, 45 second challenge.
2: Okay, so life expectancy is down, and I believe that is because healthcare has no competition. I grew up very humble beginnings, and the thing I used to do most when I was a single mom is pray to not get sick. A public option is a no-brainer. You know what the government, and it's, it's like our parents. They want us to be safe. We have the best military in the world. Parents want us to be educated. That's why we have public school. Guess what? If you're privileged, you get to go to private school. And you know what else the, our parents want? They want us to be healthy. The government should also help us be healthy. If we have a healthy society, we have a better America good health means a strong country and nobody should have to know because they're poor they have to die that is not the america i grew up in
1: matt 45 second challenge
5: now It's sad to think that as we speak, the Affordable Care Act is actually being argued in the Supreme Court right now as to its legality, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, so you're going to be taking away insurance coverage from people when they need it at the absolute most, when they absolutely need that safety net is horrific to me. The reality is, yes, the ACA did not accomplish everything that it needed to. Do I think Medicare for all is the answer? No, I do think that there should be a public option that if people want to go into that, they absolutely should be able to go into it. But to suggest that everybody has to go through the same red tape system that we had to see for Medicare, that we have to see for the VA, the VA is a disaster. My poor grandfather used to wait in line from 6 a.m. for an appointment at four and a half hours later past the time he was supposed to be due in. I don't want anybody else to be stuck in that same red tape system unless it's an absolute must for them where they need it and they try and get by the best way they
1: can. All right, Stephen, 45-second rebuttal. A few years before Obamacare went into effect,
3: the average American family was spending about 5.6% of their annual income on health insurance and health care expenses. By 2017, after Obamacare became the law of the land, those costs were up to about 8.5% of an average, a family's average expenses. The reason is, is because government was trying to do something it's not designed to do. The second sentence of the Declaration of Independence says, governments are instituted among men to secure our rights, not to create rights that we don't have. Health care itself is not a right because you would have to force Force people to do things that they don't want to do this is why it's so important to pursue our health ben franklin said early to bed early to rise makes one healthy wealthy and wise he knew that our pursuit of health was up to us when we change that thinking we're gonna end up with much
1: better outcomes all right marissa uh what'd you think about that lighthearted argument
4: okay so um i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna give uh steven a 17 um matt's gonna get and what am i giving matt he's gonna get a 12 and dana is gonna get an 11
1: all right well who will win it comes down to one final fight this is master debaters from TSA.
0: From 550 KTSA and FM 1071 this is master debaters the show where the best argument wins
1: and that debate it's gonna end right here and it ends right now it's a battle this week between matt napolitano Dino cortez and steven parr to convince our judge marissa that their argument is the best argument but right now it comes down to one final fight
0: closing arguments on Master
1: Debaters, it all comes down to this: a five-minute fight to decide who is the master debater. I present a topic, and our three contestants will argue for a whole five minutes, no more, no less. So, at the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each debater up to a hundred points, or can take away up to a hundred points. The person with the fewest points right now will get a fifteen-second head start to start the argument. Everyone can then join in after the bell has rung. And right now the person with the fewest points is Matt. So uh, what do you guys think about birds? You know, just before we actually get into the topic, what do you you think about birds? you like them?
5: Uh, Depends. I'm in
1: favor of birds. Okay, Dana, do you like birds?
2: I mean, you know, if I don't have to clean the crap out of the cage, I'm good.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, some British researchers discovered something that smells of Alfred Hitchcock.
2: In Hitchcock, the birds, terrified school children, flee a murderous avian attack. Well, guess what Bristol University's Anouk Spelt has learned about the local seagulls? They know
4: when are um, break times at specific schools. And they perch outside ahead of time. And the moment that the bell sounds and all the kits come out, they start flying around, searching for food scraps, and they know
2: exactly when to hit. The gulls know enough not to show up on weekends. What the researchers don't know is how on earth they know that. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London.
1: So uh, debaters, do you buy the whole thing that seagulls know our schedules? And if so, what animals do you think are studying and planning their days around us? Five minute debate starts now. Matt gets a 15 second head start.
5: I mean, I'm convinced that seagulls and pigeons are just the epitome of everything that is wrong with society. I mean, living in New York City, I deal with the pigeons more firsthand than the uh, the former. But the fact of the matter is, it's just horrifying to think that these are just like scavenging and just ready to just pounce like right outside the school. I'd be terrified to send my child to that school. <laughs> I think that's pretty alarmist. That being said, it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of pets adapt to the schedules once everybody Starts going back to work and no longer doing the work from home thing. I know my dog, she's already as needy as can be, is already going to be not too fond of me uh, leaving the household to go back to my place of employment. I'm definitely going to be coming home to a lot of piddles and a lot of other little messes and surprises left for me all over the place. But it's, oh God, I just, I really do hate birds. I'll be honest. I am just not a bird person (laughs) at all. Like, I I don't like, I don't like anything. Like to me, they're just rats with wings. It's just, I, I just don't care for them.
2: Can we jump in any time?
5: Well, oh, yeah, the bell's is ringing.
2: Clearly, the seagulls are a lot smarter than these children, and I think the parents should <laughs> take them out of school. Because if the, if the seagulls are aware of what the children are doing and the parents are questioning what's happening, then the seagulls are probably going to live a lot longer than humans. And what else? is <laughs> Looking at us, the cockroaches. <laughs> cockroaches have been here a very long time. I think seagulls, cockroaches, scorpions, possibly rats. I think you guys mentioned the New York rat. I've seen the rat pizza guy, the rat pizza, your pizza Mm -hmm. rat. What's it called? Is it pizza rat? Pizza rat. Pizza rat. Yeah. Pizza rat. I wouldn't buy from pizza rat. Once again, I mean, that guy right there, he he's his own meme. And I think that uh, seagulls and rats are probably going to be crawling through our our skulls when we are long gone. So I do believe that the seagulls (laughs) are probably smart enough to realize what time these kids are coming out. And uh, steal their lunch. That's what I'll they're picture, doing. All I'm
5: right yeah. now is a seagull like, pecking at a french fry while pecking at my brain at the same <laughs> time. And it's like a really horrifying image to me right
3: now. They, they don't have to peck at your brain. they just got to scare you enough to drop the french fry. That's how smart they are. They know exactly what level of confrontation they have to deal with. This is the easiest way to get into it. an
2: umbrella or something. Or at least a hat. Come on. right?
5: With every effort going to ending bullying in schools, now the animals are becoming the bullies outside on the <laughs> playground. Give me your lunch money. Give me your lunch.
3: <laughs> it's, it's the it's the law of the wild, man.
2: Teach these kids to stand up to the birds. What it's are seagulls
5: to be best? That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: really? Exactly. What are we? Are we that afraid now that we can't even stand up to birds anymore? Come on. The birds <laughs> Maybe we are just coming down. Give it, get them an umbrella and tell them to not be afraid. They're birds.
3: The uh, easy solution you. to this is to, to have the kids yeah, eat yeah. inside. You, the kids just eat lunch inside. Then you don't have the extra scraps outside for the birds to come and eat. There's a pretty simple solution to this. And it's called indoor lunch, outdoors for recess. And then the birds, they, they get to go find their food somewhere else. But there's actually been a lot of stories during the lockdown of animals reacting to the way that humans have uh, adjusted with our lockdown, with us not traveling as much. There, there have been stories about uh, sea turtles. Uh, uh, they've had uh, record hatchings on beaches and, from sea turtles because we people haven't been out on the beaches.
2: Way. I saw exactly. one of the biggest crocodiles I've ever seen in my life posted today. I mean, All this look like a mini dinosaur. I've never seen anything bigger. And let me tell you, the longer we stay out you know, of their way, the bigger they're going to get. And I feel like I might be afraid to go outside. I might have to stay in lockdown.
3: Well, and know? I tell you, like I'd much rather see – oh. I'd much rather see seagulls coming at me at recess than an alligator coming at me at recess. <laughs> so I, I think as long as the alligator, it, it, I'm not so worried about when se- seagulls are trying to figure out how they can pick off our French fries. It's but when the alligator. An enemy
5: of the alligator, so we'll be fine. The umbrella is a known enemy of the alligator. Everyone is that what it, what
2: it is? is? Is it the umbrella?
5: <laughs> <laughs> that works. Rihanna was onto something. She was telling us.
2: I'm gonna it's... send an umbrella down to Florida then and see how they fare. Uh, uh, I'm not going for it. Let's see huh. what they do. I've, I've heard they're. They're not very sharp down there anyway, so let's send a few of those (laughs) that way and see if they can test a few of those umbrellas out for us before we take the challenge.
3: The animals are very smart. My dog is actually adapted to my change in schedule here with uh, with this whole COVID thing. He knows when I'm getting up, when I'm going to head out. He he just knows the schedule and it's different than it used to be. It didn't take him very long to adapt. He's actually starting to predict what I he, he's bringing me my keys. He knows it's time for me to drive the car off to, to the studio. He's Our ahead of me on something. So things.
2: happy that we're leaving now. We're back in studio. They can't wait. They couldn't stand us. I mean, they kept looking at us like what the hell are you doing here, you know? They needed their space. They, they needed their alone time. And maybe they were meeting up with the Seagulls. I don't know. <laughs> cahoots.
1: Uh, all right, Marissa, what scores you want to give out? You could give up to 100 points or you could take away up to 100 points for everyone. Where do you want to start?
4: Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm only giving points. I'm going to give Matt a 75, Dana's going to get an 85, and Steven is going to get an 80.
1: All right, let's... Uh... Time for me to do some math, so let me let me work on the numbers for a second here. Uh, this as long uh, as it's
2: not quantum physics, it shouldn't take yeah. that long.
5: Yeah, exactly.
1: Sometimes these scores do end up becoming high grade physics. Let's uh, that there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the
5: communications majors. We weren't t- taught how to do math.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's one thing that uh, they mandated it, but we're gonna t- pick up on everything. All right, <laughs>
5: talking to talk the microphone and just keep moving on.
1: So, after mere minutes of very, very serious debating, uncovering the dirt on the most controversial topics in our land right now. The time has come to name this week's master debater. In third place, with 164 points, is Matt. In second place, with 174 points, Stephen. Which means, in first place, with 175 points, This week's master debater is Dana. Congratulations. 60 seconds to celebrate being a master debater starts now.
2: Well, first of all, I'd like to thank um, all the little people I had to step on to get here. You know, it took me four (laughs) weeks to make this date. I mean, Dennis and I have been going back and forth. So Dennis, first and foremost, thank you for your patience and your kindness. Um, Marissa, thank you for your sisterhood. (laughs) <laughs> you're and welcome went to my husband who won this master of debate about a month ago um, suck it because he said I was going to lose and so on that note I would like to thank all of you and hope that we can remain friends because although this was a debate I feel like I've got you know what you're my extended family so thank you so much for your kindness and allowing me on this program because really I had the best time and I didn't have anything else to do tonight so thank you very much <laughs>
5: It was a pleasure, a great honor.
1: Better woman won, that's for sure. Hey
2: you guys, I wanna follow you all on social media.
1: All right. Well, that's it. Big thanks to our three contestants. Matt Napolitano, who you could hear on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115. Dano Cortez, our master debater, who could be heard on the Dano Cortez Show on stations all across the country, including Energy 94-1 in San Antonio. And Stephen Parr, who could be heard each weeknight on American Ground Radio on News Radio 710 Keele in Shreveport. And a big thanks to our Judge Marissa from Long Island, New York. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. Learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com slash Master Debaters and at XESFM.com. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins.
0: san antonio's home for news and talk on air online and on demand 550 ktsa and fm 1071